0: Hi there, I'm Washington Post reporter Lillian Cunningham. Stay tuned after the show to hear about my latest podcast, Moonrise. It's the dark but true story of why we went to the moon and what we found there. The full series is available now.
1: Hey, history lovers, I'm Mike Rosenwald with Retropod, a show about the past rediscovered. There's this New York Times article from January 25th, 1942, and it reads like the beginning of a crime novel. The city's mayor, Fiorello LaGuardia, makes a surprise visit to the New York police commissioner. He's come there on the basis of some very interesting information. The mayor is afraid that the police aren't working fast enough to seize a certain contraband. And he's worried that the powerful financial backers of the illicit items will seek a federal injunction against police raids to get them off the street. The mayor won't say the nature of the information that led him to make the visit. But soon after he leaves, the police commissioner issues a special order. Then every available patrolman is assigned to the job of seizing the contraband. Pinball machines. The police seized almost 3,000 pinball machines and served more than 1,500 summonses. And in a show of force, real force, Mayor Laguardia then proceeded to smash the machines with sledgehammers while photographers took pictures. He'd been fighting against the machines for his entire time in office about eight years at that point. He was convinced that the pinball industry was operated by criminals and the shady underworld. He described it in an affidavit as a $20 million a year racket. Other major cities followed in targeting the machines. Washington, D.C. issued an order making pinball machines illegal after what the Washington Post described as a lengthy investigation launched by complaints from parents and teachers that schoolchildren were feeding lunch money into the electrical maws. In New York, the city banned all pinball machines that were used for gambling. That meant any machine that paid winners in money or in the very dangerous rewards of free games or prizes. It sounds silly now, but the thing is, LaGuardia might not have been wrong in worrying that pinball machines were part of the city's seedy underbelly. For one thing, pinball machines back then didn't have flippers, so it was a game of chance more than a game of skill, and that made claims that these were gambling devices more plausible. A succession of New York mayors were able to make convincing cases that pinball did in fact have mob ties. Mayor William O'Dwyer, who succeeded LaGuardia, was, if anything, even more dedicated to the crusade against pinball machines. In 1948, he said that wiretapping had yielded information that illegitimate big money was interested in getting pinball machines placed in New York, and that the organized crime group Murder, Inc. used pinball machines to recruit their killers. When he found out that pinball machines had returned to New York shops, he sent an army of plainclothes police officers out to play them and determine if they were being used for gambling. The New York Times ran a story in 1948 about a policeman named Frank Barron, ...who went into a cigar shop to test out a pinball machine called the Marvel Pop-Up. Barron put a penny in the machine, played five games in a row, and on the fifth he won a free sixth play. With that, he turned around and arrested the shop owner for unlawful possession of a gambling machine. Pinball kept its reputation as a slimy and disreputable pastime for years... In 1960, Republicans even tried to smear then-presidential candidate John F. Kennedy by connecting him to an Indiana pinball owner. More than 30 years later, it was looking likely that the mayor would sign a bill bringing the game back to New York City. On May 31, 1976, the Times About New York column went out to talk to people in the city's arcades about the possible return of pinball. One man told the reporter he didn't think he'd see the day. I'll believe they're back, he said, when I get to play one. The very next day, pinball was legal once more. I'm Mike Rosenwald. Thanks for listening. This episode was adapted from a story written by Ben Guarino for The Washington Post. And for more forgotten stories from history, visit WashingtonPost.com slash
0: Retropod. Hi, I'm Lillian Cunningham, host of The Washington Post's presidential and constitutional podcasts. We've just released the finale for my latest series called Moonrise. It reexamines the story you thought you knew about why we went to the moon. I dig into newly declassified documents and presidential records, closed-door political deals, the Cold War nuclear arms race, and even the history of science fiction to tell a new story about space. Listen on your favorite podcast app or at washingtonpost.com slash moonrise. You can binge the entire series available now.